I'm just a girl who can't say no. Uh, Welcome to <laughs> what I, I thought was scene partners, but I, I this thought is we scene were doing partners after different. dark. I thought <laughs> it's Rogers and Hammerstein, man. I thought we were doing a musical opener, but maybe that's not what we're doing. I, that could be your thing now. All right. Take it back. Under the girl who can't say scene partners podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we are. Uh, you were not expecting that. See, that's the best part. Really, I've realized that I do this for you. This is a reflection <laughs> of everything that we just experienced on stage. That's 100% true. A week ago. This is what we normally do. And yeah. This is what you just gave me mm-hmm. on the spot. It's basically, I realized it is Everything that we do is always no but with you. Like, no but instead of yes and. Oh, I, I can understand that. Yeah. I mean, I don't get it, but I can understand it. <laughs> you liar. <laughs> what does that mean? What is that? Hey, I don't even know it, what that is. What was it like for you to put, to, to put to bed, you know, another set of tuna? Man, another tuner set. So, for everybody who doesn't know, we Also, apologies for do... missing... I mean, I'm not going to apologize, in it was, all honesty. Sometimes you just think you have the best intentions on things. And we had a lot of um, things that we wanted to do marketing-wise. Yeah. We just don't have the time to play I all mean, of this. We didn't even get all of the stuff done that we had planned yes. to get done in time. There's just not enough hours or minutes or seconds in a day yeah. to do everything and then still be sane. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think about how tired I was with this last set of... Uh, of our show. I mean, we, we just did Tuna Christmas, which was a two-man show, and uh, the sequel to Greater Tuna, which was our first show um, with Play On Theater Company two years ago. And it felt really awesome. It was you know interesting for me because I've done the show before, and this mm-hmm. is yet again doing the show again, but playing separate characters. And there are new characters in this round. So it was like, oh, right, I've got to somehow make this my own and then still remember what was done before and like how do you make sense of that because it it ingrains itself i mean can you imagine if you and i switched doing the parts oh no like would you end up doing stuff that i had done probably not i think i think you would have had influence over some of the things that I would have done. But no, I that's what that- I'm saying. Like, if we were to do this show again, and you were like, okay, so now I'm I'm doing the Arliss role, and you're doing the roles that I have. Oh, there's a couple of things. Yeah, I'm and stealing like, from you. Like, well, yeah, you like, would probably steal, but it would influence you on how you looked at the role now, because yeah. you're going to see me in it and be like, oh, yeah, this is, this is the way I see it now. Mm-hmm. And so there was some of that, because I would see, you know, like, there were certain characters that I identified the person that I did the show with Richard Courtney for so long. Like I see him so much in some of those Pearl things, like the old lady character. Yeah. Cause I mean, Richard was kind of an old lady in his own right. And so he just, that came very naturally to him. Yeah. And so <laughs> there were some things that I did where I was like, all right, I'm going to pay homage in a sense to mm-hmm. his character, but you also still have to make it your own. So that was just kind of interesting. And I was very surprised you know, I, I probably shouldn't be as surprised, but I was really surprised doing the show. The characters that ended up being like the most fun to perform in front of an audience and the least amount of fun to perform in rehearsal. Yeah. And the things that when we read it, I was like, oh, that's going to be a a get through it thing. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. And then we did it 
in front of people, it was like, oh, my God, this was the most fun that we've had this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was interesting because we had, I won't say like a preview audience, but there was a couple of people who had come to watch before we had really opened the show, like our friend Ty. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there was a couple of people sitting in there and they were laughing at these things that we thought this is a slog. We have to get well, through this. I mean, we're really lucky to have someone like Amanda in our life. Oh, yes. Our friend Amanda, <laughs> who has laughs at everything we do. An awesome laugh and is very encouraging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, you know what? The, I don't even know. Like, we could have been doing complete garbage out there and she still would have been like, oh, my friends, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so that was really nice because, you know, it, it's... um. It's one of those things, and I think I've talked about it before, about when you're putting your heart and your soul into something, you sometimes just need some encouragement. Yes. And, like, there is a time for criticism, and there is a time for just, like, you know what? You're doing a job, and you're doing it, and it's working, and it's good. Like, you're doing a good job. And then when there's some distance, then you can start to, like, go through it with a fine-tooth comb. Yeah. Like, but oh, like, well, I wish I would have done that. Yeah. In the midst of it, you don't want to hear somebody be like, man, you guys are garbage. <laughs> no. Especially whenever there's not anything you can do to change it, you know? It's like, oh, you're right here before open. It's too late. Yeah. This, this is, is what we're doing. Yeah. And you don't understand the work that's gone into it. Mm-hmm. And it's too late. And so this, like, this is what it's going to be. And also, like, who knows what we're going to do out there? We're out there for two and a half hours. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, I understand is a really long time. And it was so encouraging to also have everybody basically say, like, I didn't feel the length of this show. Yeah. And that's very nice because sometimes when you're sitting there. I mean, I oh. felt the length of some shows. Oh, yeah. And it is it is very that is that is a very like a huge compliment in my mind to be like, oh, that's awesome. We like we're able to make people feel like they had just sat down and then all of a sudden it's intermission is like no 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 an hour and 15 minutes has passed (laughs) you and and i definitely knew it yeah oh i definitely knew it i felt so old throughout this process (laughs) so old like whenever yeah i don't know when it was it, it was at some point in time where we had run off stage and there were so many quick changes and i ran back there and i was about to we were about to do the waitress stuff maybe and i just like I had to, in order to get the waitress dress off, which had, I had like a, had like a sewn in Santa nighty underneath. It doesn't really matter. There just wasn't a whole lot of space left in there. And I'm kind of a big (laughs) dude anyway. And so taking this thing off, it was like a monstrous task. And it required me to literally get on my knees and Lexi, who's, like changing me backstage she's pulling on the front of the dress and i have to reach behind me i don't know if you knew any of this and had to pull the back of the dress up at the same time so that it's just like one fluid motion and just yanking it up over my shoulders and we i like got down on my knees to do that and just thought i'm i'm too damn old for this (laughs) (laughs) so tired this needs to be someone else's job. Like, yeah. I should be watching someone do this. I just, this is too much. And then, of course, like 10 seconds later, I was like, oh, I'm having the best time of my life. Yes. But just in that moment, I felt the weight of like every world war on my shoulders. Mm-hmm. It was just huge. But it passed and it was awesome. And it was, you know, so awesome when we started to perform it because it is kind of this full circle thing. I think 
when we finally get done, like we're we're about to do Tuck Everlasting at the Fox, which yeah. we had been wanting to do. But I think when we go through our next show with Play On, which is Murder on the Orient Express. No, no, no. Little Women. Little Women, then Murder on the Orient Express. When we get to the second Play On show, mm-hmm. which is Murder, then um, I think then we will feel like we finally caught up from the pandemic. Yeah. Because those are all the shows that we were planning on doing. Yeah. Was Tuck, Little Women, and Murder on the Orient Express. And then it'll feel like, oh, okay, now we're back. Yeah. But and I don't know. There was just seems something so cool and special. And it's also just so much work goes into these shows. And it is really exhausting. And I'm sure that I probably talk about that part of it a little too much because I do love it. But it is really exhausting. And you're like pouring your heart and your soul into this thing and you're giving it everything you got. And I mean, the sacrifice of doing theater in all honesty is huge. Yeah. And you're having to give so much of your time, so much of like, you know, your actual life away Mm -hmm. to do this thing. And it's not just that one week in the theater. It's, you know, we've been working on this for a long time. And all of that work finally like comes to a head and then those lights went out and before like anything even happened and the whole audience applauded that first night, right just in the blackout. And I was like, oh, yeah, it made it completely worthwhile. Yeah, I was like, okay, now we've like, I am so tired, but like, I'm so happy. Yeah, that this happened. It is an extremely abusive relationship. Oh, of course it is. (laughs) It's like, I'm sure that. That's there's a reason why there is just special therapists for actors <laughs> yes. and people in the theater. And, and yeah. this is why. And this well, is why, you know, to further that point that you were saying there about, you know, people sacrificing their time and, get, and, and, and you know, I'd said this to you. It's like it's so nice that we have such a good core group of friends who are willing to give their time and sacrifice as oh, much yeah. time as us, even though we were rehearsing long before that. Yeah. Um, to basically let you and I play for two and a half hours. Right. And it was just like it that's that's to me the the sort of epitome of building a community where mm-hmm. it's like everyone is willing to sacrifice all of this time and they still enjoy watching us every night. Sort of like Amanda would start really- laughing at things that we were oh, changing yeah. drastically every night. Well she got to where she noticed the changes. Yeah. But it's also um I, I think it's hard for me to kind of reconcile it in my brain. Because I think of it, you know, not even as just like what people are doing for us. I think about what like all of you guys are doing for me, mm-hmm. like personally. And that is that is really kind of difficult, I think, for me. Like I feel incredibly selfish. Yeah. Which is like I was talking to Dana backstage during Tuna Christmas and I, and I was and I said this to Lexi, too, and probably to you. Who knows? I tell people a lot of the same thing. Um, but. I just feel like I can't I can't necessarily complain or be the one who's tired or like having a bad day necessarily yeah. because everyone else is literally doing all of this for my benefit. Yeah. And like I brought you into this room and I can't complain about the fact that we're in this room now. <laughs> because I literally yeah. like sent you the invitation. Like, come to my party. Like, yeah. I can't believe we're at this party. Can like, everyone please leave? I'm not <laughs> like, having a good time anymore. <laughs> it is kind of strange. I should do that next time. It's like, I've come to my come to my house. We're, we're going to throw this party. Like, I cannot wait until we leave this party. 
<laughs> you you and Lexi leave your own house party. <laughs> We're like, I'm just like ready for this. We said this was going to be done at eight. Yeah. And like everybody needs to leave right now. Yeah. Sorry, we don't want to waste your time. Why the don't we go to bed done. so all these nice people can leave? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, but, I, and, and so there's like this feeling of selfishness. And then I also know that, you know, what we do is like also giving back to other people. Yeah. But it has been this thing since before, like, you know, two years ago when we did Christmas Carol of the thought of, you know, without like nothing truly important to us is is done without some extreme sacrifice. Yeah. And it's almost like the more sacrifice, the more important it is. Mm-hmm. When I toured with that Shakespeare company in Montana and it was the hardest thing that I've ever done and probably will ever do in my life consecutively for a long time. Um like when I think about that, I have so such like respect for it and I love it so much, even though it was so hard. And I think it's because the sacrifice was so great and I know that how much it took to get through it. Yeah. But I think the same way about the theater here. It's like you put in so much time and with this great sacrifice, you have this great like reward almost yeah. at the end. And what I think is sad is whenever people put that much effort in and the reward is not only fleeting, but it's also like horrible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh man, the product that we were shooting for didn't happen. You know, it's it's so interesting. Well, I have two points here, really. And it's like, it's so interesting to me because I don't know that many people understand what it's like to put characters to bed. Yeah. And I've never had the opportunity to play a character or play characters again. Mm-hmm. And then to take them a step further. And you then don't to have them... many sequels in the theater. Yes. So to put those like now really, characters I can't, to honestly bed. can't think of any. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's so not, it was such a weird sensation for me and this weird feeling of I these are like a part of me. These are my yep. family members. This is my town now. And mm-hmm. I'm going to miss not having them around. And I cannot wait to resurrect them again. Right. I mean, there's no world that I live in where we don't at least on some level, do something in Tuna again. I mean, of course, yeah, we're going to go back for it. I mean, it is it is ridiculous that we finished it, and I immediately started thinking, I need to look at the next version of this show, because there are four yeah. different uh, versions. And so I'm like, well, I need to read those other ones, and are they not that great? I've never really seen anyone do them or heard about them doing them, and mm-hmm. is it just the world of these first two? And I have absolutely no problem with revisiting the first one again ever, because it's so much fun. Yeah. Um, it is weird though, being associated, like doing a show in your town and doing it multiple times. And then people associate you with this particular show, like not even your theater company. It's not like, Oh, play on theater. Those are those people that do the tuna plays. It's like, Oh, Cody and Chris, those are those people that do the tuna plays, which is interesting. Um, and cool, but it is a little strange. I mean, like... (laughs) Like the people at work wanted, like I couldn't go to the work Christmas party. And mm-hmm. so they were like, hey, can you record us something to play for everyone? Because they wanted Inita from Tuna to come to the Christmas party. So I recorded an Inita thing yeah. that they played for everyone at the Christmas party. I'm like, this is so weird. <laughs> yes. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's just so strange that like immediately. And the, and any, anyway, anyway, it's just it's very, very cool and. And it's also like, what would that feeling be like to be Joe and Justin Sears that created this show yeah. 
and then they get to go around and perform it. And to have a legacy that just kind of like lives on after. Well, yeah, and it does make me feel like, and I think that this was the way it was in the very first time that I ever did it, that people said this, like, oh, y'all have to write one about our town. Yeah. And I think that it's it really shows the like what the play is because you see your town in it anyway. Oh, for sure. And in all honesty, I would love to write one about our town. It's not going to be as good. It probably would end up being like some waiting for Guffman esque thing. Yeah. And also, I can't do a Cajun accent to save my life. No. So, like, I, I don't want to jump down that rabbit hole. <laughs> when you, we, as we talked about before, when you do the accent badly, it is it's so hard to sit so through. So hard to sit through. But the second thing I definitely wanted to uh, say is that, you know, this past year, I was kind of reflecting on this uh, a little bit earlier today about how. You know, when Play On first started, I definitely was a lot less hands-on Yeah. in that I was like, well, this is like Cody's thing. I don't want to step on too many toes. When he needs help, he will ask me for it. And now, um, especially going into 2020 and going into Mockingbird, and we sat yeah. on that for a year, I just feel like such an ownership with you. I'm I, I really want to be involved on the production side of everything that we do going forward. Right. I mean, it is really awesome being on i mean and this is what lexi and i've been having this conversation quite a bit and it is the how do you create a company that is sustainable and lives on like why yeah. why do you like people who create things that are just synonymous with them it's not lasting because we are not lasting yeah and there's no possible way that you can create things on a like a a true honest level if you're constantly just cranking out stuff. Yeah. Like one after another. And I got to I mean and it's it's difficult because then you you basically are like here's the same show different words yeah. every time. <laughs> and I know that I don't want to fall into that trap. Mm -hmm. But it's also like you kind of have to when there's not a lot of people that know how to do what we do. Yeah. And have an understanding necessarily of the level or of the production level that you're wanting to bring to your community. So whenever you find yourself in a small community and an even smaller community of people in that community that know what you're doing, it's difficult. And a lot of the times that, you know, the, the weight of it falls on your shoulders. I mean, I feel incredibly lucky that we have somebody like you that's like awesome and mm -hmm and is willing to like jump in there and like do these things and is interested in it and like has a creative and artistic eye and wants things to be a certain way and is passionate about it. I mean, that's huge. That is huge. But I mean, if we're going to create something in our company, that's not just, you know, that is play on theater. It's not, Oh, this is Cody and Lexi's theater company. It's no, that's play on theater company. Yeah. Like that, that's these, this is awesome. It's a bunch of people, you know, it's not just us. Yeah. And I don't want it to be seen as just us. Mm -hmm. And I want other people to direct because I like, I can't do it all. Yeah. <laughs> I probably like said way too many words because I was trying to also work that out in my mind, like how best to say these things. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's just, you know, you, you can't like, you can't drain yourself dry of that creative energy. Yeah. And I feel and it's like it's easy to do. Yes. And I feel like when we were going in um, before 2020, I was getting to that point where I was like, okay, I'm like, we're doing 
like I'm doing all of this stuff. Like mm-hmm. we're, I'm directing theater for the Fox. I'm directing theater for our company. I'm directing children's theater for the school that I work at. Um, I've got some other people that want me to direct a children's show at their school, but I don't have time for it. And can I do it? And I'm like, how can I do any of this well? Yeah. And if I take these jobs, I'm doing a disservice to everyone else because I'm not showing up with my A game. Mm-hmm. And they don't deserve that because they think, you know, oh, well, we saw this other show that he's done and it was awesome. So that's what we're going to have. They're like, yeah. well, no, that other show like whooped my butt. Yeah. <laughs> and I put everything <laughs> yeah. that I had into that. And now I've got I need like some time to like become a human being again. Mm-hmm. And where where does that fall? Because. I feel like if you don't allow yourself that time to like recharge, then you're going to burn out and you don't want to start to hate the thing that you love. Yeah. When it starts to feel like work and art, I've found that people tend to walk away from it. They're like, yeah, no. And they'll always have that last feeling about it forever. It's 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 too much work for me. I absolutely love to create, you know, like I, I love to do sculptures and I love to, um, I love to paint. Yeah. But I have never sold a painting and I've yeah. never sold anything that I've made from clay. And I never will. <laughs> because immediately whenever I do that, I'm going to hate it. Yeah. I'm going to hate it so much. I also just like don't even want people to know these things about me. Yeah. Because then they're like, oh, what have you done? <laughs> like, no, 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 no. This is that is oh, just a me thing. My Yes. I'm not going to create an Etsy store. Yeah. I'm not going to like. That's not what I want to do. Like, that's not that's not my thing. I can tell you from experience, that's 100% what... Like, when people find out that I love to, like, make music or play music and, like, yeah. create... They're like, oh, can I hear something? Mm, mm, it's just a rough demo. Good. <laughs> we, I mean... We good. You are a really good musician. That's the thing. Like, you're... Because you're, like, a very good writer. And so that's a different... I, I don't know. I feel differently about it because it's not me. <laughs> well, yeah. I, it's You have the... It's... It's one of those things where you have the outsider's perspective. Like, I would look at the things that you do with Clay and think, holy crap, I could never freaking do that. That's amazing. Which I've seen some of your stuff that you've you've got, like, sort of littered around your house. I'm like, holy crap, that's awesome. Even your horse painting that I make fun of all the time, <laughs> I'm like, no way could I ever do that. But you're more you know, visually minded than me. that's the only painting that I've actually done that's in this house. <laughs> but... Everything else, I just end up like covering up. I I will contest that point by saying that I've seen your sketches for sets and things like that. Oh, that's true. I mean, I do like so. Yes, those those, you think in a way visually that I, for whatever reason, can't Mm -hmm. in in that way. And it's more like if you give me a playground, I can build these things with it. Well, it's like I'm excited for what 2022 is going to bring because I'm excited for you to kind of have a little bit more of the of the reins mm-hmm. and for us to like explore what the world is like, you know, because we don't necessarily know what it will be like, you know, yeah. it's, and so it'd be interesting to like give you more um, ownership over something and just be like, all right, so in like your creative process, what do I need to give you to make sure that like you understand where to move forward like is it better for you to from because you know in community theaters or in the smaller communities like we were talking about and one of the reasons why i think it's so difficult and uh to to not burn out is because you're doing all of it yeah you're not only directing the show you're the scenic designer you're the set builder 
you're the costume designer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're the light designer. I mean, everything, the sound designer, like you're doing it all. And I think that's one reason why Tuna whipped me to pieces. Yeah. Is because it was just like, man, I just like what I want someone else. Like, yeah. just like, please just <laughs> take this thing. And you get to the point where you're like, you know, like I, we, we were at the theater and I do um, want to say as like, you should be very proud of all the work that you did, not just behind the scenes, but definitely on the stage. Well, and that's like the whole other thing you then you're like, you're doing all that stuff. And with tuna, it was like, I don't even think we'd listed a director because it was no, all I don't of think us. We did. I think it this was, was very. It was very Shakespearean. <laughs> yes. It was like this is our show. <laughs> this is the show that we did all of us together. Yeah. Whereas, like, this is what it's going to look like. Um, and it's also different too because we've been in this world before. Yeah. And so it's existing in the same world, and it's just kind of interacting. I mean, I'm I know a hundred percent that we could have benefited from having a completely outside perspective. But I also would not have trusted anyone yeah. necessarily to do that um, outside of the people that we already had in the room. Yeah. So it's like, I think that just like anything, you find what works for you. Yeah. And, you know, they're used to not be directors. But in this particular case, it just, anyway, I don't have to defend it. It, it was what it was. Yes. Um, but Well, it's it's one of those things where you and I trust each other enough. Well, we've worked with each other yeah. for the last, you know, five, six years, roughly, where it's mm -hmm. like, I trust that when I throw something to you, you're yeah. going to catch it. Well, and we make these we've we're making these choices. And if they don't work, we're going to know. Yeah. And if they don't work and we don't know it, then someone else is going to tell us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the audience will immediately let you know. And this before not... that. Dana and Lexi will let oh, us know. No. <laughs> oh, no. And then after that, if they haven't let us know, tie. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I would nope. say that uh, for sure Dana and Lexi, beyond anybody else, is our harshest critics. Yeah. They're like, yeah, mm, for sure. you need to make different choices with what's going on over here. <laughs> okay. We're like, Thank all you. right, that was, uh, I'll take it. I'll take that. <laughs> it is very difficult in a show like that whenever it's just you to be able to take the note and not take it personally because you, instead of think about it as like a singular moment, as somebody who's watching it from the outside, you're thinking of the more broad picture yeah. of the fact we're like, I've been up here for two and a half hours and you're coming at me with this way that I stood up from a chair. Yeah. Are you serious? What do you mean? Nothing I do work. No, I'm talking about it's the way you stood up from the chair was a little, yeah. <laughs> but you're thinking like, but what about all those other things? Yeah. Yeah, you it's start like, to second guess every choice you've made up every that single yeah. thing, and but and then it 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 was just oh yeah that was it's just hard because you feel so sensitive about it because mm -hmm. you're like working so hard. But anyway, I'm very excited for 2022 and like the shows that we have and the things that we are going to do to them and how you know they're they're going to be perceived by the audience because yeah. I do like the fact that. So far, when people have come to see our shows, they may have a preconceived notion about it. And every time they walk into the theater, they're in a sense, in a way, like, whoa, this is not what I was expecting. Yeah. And I like it. At least that's what I have, like, the feedback, the feedback that I yeah. have received. Um, I mean, it is it is a huge labor. And mm -hmm. it is sometimes a labor of love. And sometimes it is just pure hatred. Yeah. <laughs> 
But I'm really like, I, I was super happy that even though we went through and we did Tuna Christmas during Winterfest, which is the Winter Festival in our town, which was like the most unorganized piece of garbage in yeah. the world, um, and nothing happened what we were promised was going to yes. happen, which was also like, oh, right, this is a city thing. Yeah. Totally understand. Um, well, I'm not, that's not totally true. They did move that uh, daiquiri truck from in front of the theater Thank and at goodness. least catty cornered it on yeah. the other side of the of the four way. So that was nice. At least that happened. And there was no sound bleed over because they did that, which was incredibly nice of them yeah, to do. Yeah, that was, I'll, I'll take that at least. Yeah. I do think that in a way we ended up suffering a little bit because of it. I think that we would have... You know, well, one, we wouldn't have had that had to do a Saturday matinee and then a yes. Saturday night performance. We could have done that Sunday matinee, which, you know, so many people asked about. And it's mm-hmm. like, because, you know, people get used to a certain way. Yeah. And then they don't under, like change is really hard, especially for audiences that you're trying to, you know, in a, in a way, educate who you are and the way you do things. Yeah. And it's been hard enough to make people realize that we are not other theater companies yes because <laughs> they're like wait but city park is the only people that perform in this space like no 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 that's that's not true um and we're not them and you should go see their stuff but that's not who we yeah. are like this is and it was super awesome that even though we were a part of winterfed and that parking was probably a nightmare for most people mm-hmm. that people still showed up yeah, and that we still had really good sized houses. And yes, I and I feel really good about that. And it also speaks to the fact that your show doesn't have to be massively cast. Yes, in order to sell some tickets, and I think that that is, you know, that that is a a compliment mm-hmm. to all of us that you know put on this show. Um, but I am also all that to say I'm very happy that it's done. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> And that I was able to pay my truck note there whenever was it was all done. three days where I just felt like a zombie and I was just going on autopilot. Like, I oh, have yeah. to get up. I have to go to work. I have to come home. Oh, that's what I was saying. Like, with those creative juices things where you're like, you're doing all of the things. And your brain just, like, it literally is like things just exit it. And the things that normally are so easy and come so naturally to you and you're like, don't have to think about it, all of a sudden are laborsome. And you're like, yeah. I cannot work out this problem. And so on the Monday that we moved into the space, I like, you know, we took off work and I was there all day long um, from like eight until whenever we left at 1030 that yeah. night and so working and then and rehearsal. Then rehearsing and performing in it. Um, and I like was on the stage and I knew that I had to get the stage left side painted and I could not figure out. I mean, I was frustrated about some other aspects of something that else that was going on and I was staring at these flats that I had put up and I could not figure out how to make them not look like garbage yeah because even though the show itself lent itself to being tacky you don't want something to look like crap and be obvious that it's like oh that's just crappy but you are also trying to build an aesthetic yeah you're like if you want it to look crappy it's because you made it look crappy on purpose yeah it's not because it's crappy so I was trying to like dress this thing up and I could not figure out how to get this texture on the wall and I was just so frustrated and I ended up doing this like weird purple thing and then I was added in this other color it's the only thing I could find 
and it ended up looking like some weird pastel, very feminine camo. And I was like, what is happening? Like, why can't I figure out how to do this texture? Like, I'm trying to make this thing, and I don't even know what it is, and I know that it's this thing, and I can't figure it out. And then Dana walked in, and she's like, what are you doing? I was like, I don't know. I don't know what's happening. I'm covered in paint. This is a disaster. Like the little baby on TikTok. Help, help. And she... She said, what What exactly are you trying to achieve? It was like, I just want the wall to have texture, and I don't want it to be one flat color because I'm trying to hide all of these horrible things on this flat. Yeah. She was like, oh, so you mean like you want to sponge it? I was like, yeah, that's what I want to do. That's it. She's like, how are you doing that? I was like, I just got this dry brush, and I'm dry brushing it, and I wanted to sponge it, and that's why it looks like camo. And, she, and but I and then I was like, but I don't have a sponge. I don't know how to do that. And she was like, here's a Walmart bag. I was like, that's what I needed. Thanks. And that's With all I things, needed. Just yeah. like one. Just if she wouldn't have been there, I don't know what I would have done. Yeah. I would have just had to been like, I have to quit. <laughs> yeah. But just the fact that I was able to like have someone else come in there. And even though it looked like I'm sure to her that I was just an idiot. It was like, I really just. I, I couldn't think of the next step. I would have done all these other things. And Look, there's a funny story. Uh, a good buddy of mine, Kayam, he's like this filmmaker out in L.A., but he entered into this like filmmaking contest. Oh, I've got a friend in L.A. He does do. films. Well, you oh have God. family that lives out there. Oh so. my God. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the the point is, is that he was they were in this 24 hour film contest and they had to like they had 24 hours to film something, edit it, color it and, you know, sound design it and everything. Right. Mm. And he was doing this whole like bit with the actors, whatever. And another filmmaker who was in the contest came up and said, oh, you ought to have them do this thing at the end. And make it be like this whole like missed connection where they had this like really strong connection and they were falling in love. And it was this beautiful moment, the moment that they fell in love. But at the end, it should be like, oh, no, they just were strangers and they just ended up not seizing the moment. Mm hmm. And because he followed that other person's lead, he won the contest. He won the 24-hour film contest. And yeah. I was like, wow, that's so awesome that the dude was even willing to give you the it's just the, the power of accepting other people's perspectives. Yes, because he was he was stuck. He's like, I don't I know that this isn't great. And I know that like I can get by with this, but I don't want it to be just this. And it's the mm. same with your wall there. It's like until you hear outside perspective telling you what you need, sometimes it's so hard to really accept that yeah. I need help. Well, you're just like staring at this thing mm -hmm. and you know that you're tired. And in your mind, you're like justifying the fact that it looks like crap. Yeah. And I know that that's how a lot of community theater sets end up looking like crap. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's because they're like. Look at all this other stuff that I did. I mean, I just, I just, it's the way it was. So I'm like, you cut a corner and then you justify it. Yeah. And you're like, you have no idea. Like, I did all this in a day. You know how hard and I was, it was really to get tired 12 actors on stage. Yada, you know how yada, hard yada. it was to do this. And, and I get all of that. But also, like, there's just not an excuse for it that works. Yeah. There's just not one. And I, or that one that I can accept. Like, there's just not an excuse for taping your railing to the floor. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know exactly there's, what you mean. There's not an excuse for that. <laughs> yes. Like you figure out a way yeah. to screw your railing down. <laughs> like I don't understand yeah. it. There's not an excuse for painting half of your set and being like, ugh, we just got I just I don't know. We just yeah. couldn't finish it. I ran out of time. 
It's like, I get that you can run out of time, but there's also like, you have to plan for that. Like, mm-hmm. hey, we're only going to have a day to build our set. Yeah. What should we do? How are we going to better prepare yourself? It's setting yourself up for success. But it's also like, if you don't allow yourself the other people's perspective to come in there and to help you out and to solve those problems, then you end up banging your head up against the wall. Yes. Because you're using the wrong size screw and you can't figure that out. Yeah. For some reason. I don't know. I just. Well, the, the, the perfect anecdote to what you're trying to say is like when we did the Mockingbird set, it was like we have exactly one day yeah. to get all of our set put up and built and ready to go for the whole show. Mm-hmm. And so our solution was to work in the hot, hot heat of summer and get heat strokes yeah. to get all of those flats ready so that when we walked in, they were labeled. We put them up immediately ready to go because we well, knew it also was dividing of our time. Yes. Like you, you understood and were in charge of a certain aspect and I was on the other end doing yes. something else. And so it was dividing your time and using it wisely. Mm. I'm not saying that we do everything perfect because there were definitely things. Even now I look at that set and I loved that set so much, but I look at it and I'm like, oh, I kind of wish that I would have done like I, I, I kind of wish that I would have finished off the roof of the house. That's and all made art. It. Every every song that gets released, every yeah. art piece that gets released, everyone thinks. And I if love. If I it. had more time, I would have done this. And I love it. I really truly love that set, probably more than any other thing that I've ever built. All honesty, but it was still like if I just would have finished out. <laughs> yeah. Like there were a lot of things that we let go, which is mm-hmm. another important thing of just being like, you know what? I can't I can't put this massive wooden ceiling over yes. the so we're just gonna have to drop it. It's just not gonna go. Yeah. Like the headache of that would have can you imagine? And both oh of gosh. us were like thinking around the problem, like, well, what if we did this? What if we And but you do have to kind of save your sanity, but also just, you know, working in your parameters. Like, can you imagine if we would have gone in there with that show and been like, look, we go to all these different places. I need 12 different looks on this set. Yeah. It would have never worked. The show would not have been successful. Mm -hmm. It would have taken forever to do those scene changes, which is my biggest pet peeve. If the lights, if you have to go to a blackout ever in a show, you have done it wrong. Yes. (laughs) Unless it is a very specific moment that you're going for. But, I mean, if you go to a blackout to do a scene change and I, as an audience member, am watching these people move around in blue light and rolling set pieces on. And it's just like... I just, like, I that is my biggest pet peeve. I'm like, oh, you didn't solve the problem. Yeah. You're just like, oh, we need to go to this other place. Oh, no, we're in this other place. Uh, blackout, play some music. But see, you and like, I are You should so be able similar. to integrate every single moment yes. into the story. Yes. Or else, why am I watching it? Yes. Like, you're going to, you, you're like build up all this energy and then you lose all of it. Mm-hmm. Like, your audience is immediately going to check out because I'm going to watch those guys the whole time that they're moving stuff around. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. It's hard. It's hard to convey that because you have to regain all that momentum that you just lost. Yeah. And it's like a weird energy. And I've been a part of shows where there are those moments where the curtains close and you bring on a set and you have to walk on in three like, minutes. Holy crap, guys. Like we have to fight so hard to get them back into this. Yeah. You, and, you lose it. You have to mask the scene change or you have to make the scene change motivated by the actor. Yes. And I'm, I'm very much in the, the same vein as you in that I love a good static set where we can go everywhere. 
and yeah. nothing ever like there's nothing ever lost you know well it, momentum you do wise. have to have like you have to have a good bit of creativity on the onset yes <laughs> just being like how do i create one thing that can be a hundred different things mm-hmm. and not feel like we're always in the same place yeah and luckily when we did mockingbird at coughlin we were able to use these amazing lights and kindle did such a good job of those transitions and we've yeah. already like sent him all that praise and done all that talking about that but you know that was a huge benefit to us mm-hmm. and without those light shifts that would have been rough that would have been a rough go but we we literally gave him a canvas to paint on and that's so nice but you know as far as like moving forward we were talking about doing tuck yeah and you were talking about making these periactoids become these trees and i had suggested like i was about to say like wait this is your idea i didn't have no this. no but it was like <laughs> what, what if we for the because there is a carnival scene what if yeah. we just had like all of the people who are in the ensemble just turn that and it becomes the carnival mm-hmm. and it's just an easy change and we don't have to really do anything right we are limited on space and lights and things like that well right at the fox there is three feet three and a half feet from the stage left curtain to the wall. To the wall, yeah. Which is the way a lot of those really old theaters were built. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember in Augusta, Georgia at this theater, like helping these people put this set together one time and just being like, you do not have the space to use this entire set that yeah. you have acquired. And I don't know where you're going to put this. And I am Colonel Sanders. Because <laughs> I guess we are in Augusta, Georgia. And that is where I went. Anyway, it's ridiculous. You know, it's so really funny. Really glad you My went with f- Colonel Sanders. I know. I, I don't know what would happen. Sure, you were doing the SNL. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was like, man, no. um, none of this works. What's really cool is I just got a text message while I looked at my phone, which I try really hard not to do unless I'm looking up information that I don't know. Um, from uh, from a friend of ours that is listening to our podcast on his flight home. Oh, that's awesome. He's like, hey, I'm listening to my flight entertainment. It's like. <laughs> Sorry, we haven't been on in like three or four weeks. <laughs> Whoops. Like, who knows what he's listening to? It's like, yeah. things have changed. <laughs> yes. We are we are different people we now. We are either in a better place or a worse place, depending on the episode. Mm, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Um, but it is, it's really, it's it's nice to know that things are moving forward and that, you know, we're doing all these things. I, I don't like talking, about, I, I feel kind of weird the way that, I don't want people to perceive that we are coming at this from a place of superiority. I just, I'm also battling that, what I just said there, because I also will say that like in my mind, I'm thinking my my experience and my education gives me the right to have my opinions on this situation. Yes. So it's like, I think it's, I think it's important to, to really think about it in the way that maybe it's not so much that, like sure the qualifications are there right but it's also i think you and i approach things more altruistically than other people do and i think that's very important that it's not just business to us yeah and, and i will definitely welcome anyone's opinion if it will help yes. unless you're like my ex-brother-in-law who said that i should just you know have you ever thought about filming a a, a monologue and putting it on youtube like that that'll work mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll never forget that two-hour conversation I had to listen to. Yeah, that's called about how I should do this. Old school mail-in auditions, basically. It's like that's a really great idea. Why didn't I think of that? Just come up with a monologue. I could even write it myself. 
and put it on YouTube. Better and be famous. Yet, why don't you do the thing that they do on TikTok and just voice over other people's scenes and act it? Oh my gosh. And never use your own voice yeah. or choices. Well, but now there's a new trend of voicing over yourself. Have you seen that? I feel like you're on I'm probably on like a, me. No, it's just a like a different I, algorithm. Well, yes. I follow like some voiceover artist people. And so the thing is now them like filming themselves saying something and then voicing over it like ADRing. They're basically oh, ADRing yeah. themselves. What a weird thing to do. It is so strange. <laughs> it's so strange. What a weird thing. And I, there was one of them that I watched like 12 times on accident because I was like, that's not them speaking until I realized that this was like a trend now. Yeah. I was like, it! I just wasted so much of my life. <laughs> And I could have just read the freaking caption and yeah. just been done. <sighs> Stupid. Um. Oh man, I feel like there was one thing that I did want to like say, and I can't remember it. Mm. I'm sorry. I know that's just the way life is sometimes. But I will say this because we are coming to the end of the year, and I did tell you this the other day. But I also super want to say it, and I'm very thankful for you and all of these people that are in my life that, um, you know, I basically felt like this empty vessel, but I thank you guys for like pouring into me and filling me up. And that's not just you specifically or you or, or Lexi specifically. Or no, even it's Dana. just me. It's yeah, me. it's just you. It's me. Mm-hmm. But it's also everybody that we were able to share the stage with in the last like three years. 2020 really doesn't count, but I, it was a year that happened. Well, you think about like in a way, and I've, I feel very similarly But you think about your life and as far as like the relationships you have Mm -hmm. and where you spend your time and you think like, you know what, moving forward, you want to get better and you want to move forward and you don't want to be stagnant and continue to make the same mistakes and form those same bad relationships. And I feel like... (laughs) Look at all these red flags that I keep ignoring. (laughs) Exactly. Silly me. And I feel like, you know, it has been a lot of work and definitely like not made a whole lot of people happy as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. But um, like reassessing who we are as people and then mm-hmm. being like, I don't need this in my life and I want this in my life. Yeah. And sure, these people might be upset because I don't want to hang out with them anymore or come up with their own storyline for whatever that is. But clearly that was not a healthy relationship for any of us. And yeah. I'm out of it. And now look at all these people that I've surrounded myself with mm-hmm. and like I I'm incredibly grateful for the direction that my life has gone when I did not deserve it to go that way. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, like 100%, I had yeah. No way deserved it and it has definitely just just happened. But I mean, I think that you can't give all the credit to other people because it's clearly like you know, something that you wanted and that you have made for yourself. Well, that's weird advice that you're giving to me that you should really take for yourself. That's so strange. I do. (laughs) Yeah. It's when I talk about you, I'm also (laughs) talking about me. That's the way that this goes. We are one and the same. I'm very rarely ever talking about someone else. You know, Lexi the other day told me she was the third wheel. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I think I think now I'm just That's because in a like next time we're gonna have a spin-off. We're gonna do like Dax. We're just gonna we're gonna have a spin-off. Lexi's gonna have her own podcast that's kind of like our podcast yeah but people would be more interested because it is also yeah because she's definitely the better person than us um but it's i think i'm just so much more and i talked about this you know i was i've quit caring about the output 
Yeah. And I'm more concerned with the input. And it's mm-hmm. like all the things that I like put in versus what I put out. Like, sure, I could be disappointed by the things that I don't get done in a year or get done in a day or an hour or a minute. But it, it really doesn't. I can't change that. Mm-hmm. But I can change what I take in. Well, it's like and what thing, I feel myself I up with 30 and I was horribly depressed somehow and I did not understand because I was not expecting that because I've never cared about yeah. my age and I turned 30 and I laid down in my bed and started listing all of my failures <laughs> <laughs> and just being like I have made it I'm laughing at your pain I'm to sorry. my 30s <laughs> and I have not succeeded in anything and mm-hmm. this is all of my failures and what in the world and what in the world and I was only focusing on the negative yeah and it is very difficult to retrain your brain to be like, look, sure, there's some negative stuff that it happens. It is not all sunshine and roses. But, I mean, you have to, like, look at the positive. Yeah. You have to. I mean, it It just, I, like, you know, we're casting this show and it's not easy. Yeah. And it's it's that thing, like I said the other day, I'm. it is difficult when you find yourself like, okay, we're going to do this show. This show is so much fun. It is going to be a blast to be in. It is, it like never gets old. I can listen to it forever. It is a great story. People are going to love it. We're going to have to convince people to see it because they don't already know it. Yeah. And that's going to be an uphill battle that we haven't even gotten to yet. But we also have to convince people to want to be in it because they're not automatically knowing what it is yeah i guarantee you even though it's been done a thousand times and we did it like six years ago whatever it was if i announced that we were doing annie right now we would have like a hundred people audition yeah (laughs) in like a day but since we decided to do a show that people don't necessarily know they're like because they don't they I, i don't i don't know what that is yeah it's weird to try to convince people to come and have a good time with us right and i know that that's something that you know ty even said this and it was the most like complimentary thing I think I've ever heard and I will wear that as a badge of honor and that he said it's the environment that that you guys create with play on is so much different than you know other things and I think that that's why people really want to work with you guys and I was like like you don't even understand like how to heart I'm taking that because it's it's got to be fun well and it is a lot of work yes too because it is very it's a very stressful thing to create something Especially whenever you feel like it's wearing your name mm-hmm. on its chest. <laughs> it's like, hey, look what you did. And everybody sees it. And they're going to judge you so harshly because that's what people do. And yeah. they're not going to be like, oh, look at these people having a great time. They're going to be like, oh, my God, that was rough. Yeah. you know. And it's really hard to keep things lighthearted and mm-hmm. be forgiving and understand that, you know, just because something makes sense to me as a director... I should not immediately think that somebody's going to understand what I'm trying to convey and be vulnerable enough to not care. Sure, I would love to skip some steps and be like, (laughs) can we just rip these walls down and get you to a place where you where I know you can be? Yeah. And so we can just skip all this garbage. But it's really about the garbage. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what it's about. And I do think that theater gets you know, is great therapy for people when it like, you know, it makes you confront some things. Yeah. I think it can also go the other way. I think that it, depending on who you're working with, it can be very detrimental. Yeah. And I think that I see a lot of that 
on my phone, like hearing people talk about their college experience in performing arts and then on to working in the professional field and seeing it with my own eyes. It was like, yeah. but now people are a little bit more emboldened to talk about that dark side of it. But, you know, you, I definitely don't want to be someone who has created something that, sure, people might want to be in the show because they really want to tell stories and they might be interested in the show, but they are like, ugh, but it's just so hard to work with them. Yeah. I never want to be that person. I'd much rather like, you know what? I don't know that show, but I really like these guys. Yeah. And I know that it's going to be a good experience no matter what the outcome. Mm -hmm. Because I do think it is 100% the experience. Yeah. Now, what I just did there was said what you said in 10 minutes. <laughs> I took your five words and made a 500-word essay. I think the SAT word is <laughs> loquacious. <laughs> this is like, let's see how many words I can add to this and make it mine. That's there is a, a nice sense of pride, though, when you do all of the work behind the scenes and you create this really amazing environment, and then you see everyone doing all of this beautiful hard work oh, yeah. they like pour out on the stage, and you can stand behind the scenes, and it's like, this film Moliere, where it talks about uh, him writing the uh, the the play, the famous play. Oh God, what is it? Uh, I don't misanthrope. Anyway, <laughs> but he's standing behind the scenes plays. and he's seeing like his whole life played out as a comedy. Oh my God, it's the clown. What yeah. is the? <sighs> but he's crying behind the scenes, and that's like how I felt with Mockingbird. It's like I'm over here. I'm not emotional. What is happening to me? Yeah. How is this? But it's just having that pride that well, you it's created what this I beautiful is world like having with people a kid and community. In a sense. Like you feel this sense of responsibility for these people, and yeah. you see them succeed, and you love them dearly. I mean, you have to love the people that are yeah. in your show, and and you like you love these people and you see them doing these uh, this awesome work and you're like man you know what that guy is in the army and that girl over there is an english teacher yeah. and that girl over there owns a coffee shop yeah <laughs> and she is killing it and she's doing better than a lot of professional actors that i've seen and she's telling this story and it means everything to them, you know, and like these people are working so hard and pouring themselves into it when it's not their job. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is just something that you wanted to do. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I just did want to end. I know that you and I have really had a lot of gripe fest, especially this last like year. But I do <laughs> want to like say how grateful ultimately I am that we've we've built this thing. I mean, it is awesome, and I also really and appreciate time. that it's not something that is seen as just being one person. Yes, and that is the that to me is the most important thing that it is so many people, and you know that was one very special thing about this last show that we did because it started off with me, you. Lexi and Dana mm -hmm. and that was our first show and we like made it through all of this stuff and we did this show the four of us together again yeah and that was just really awesome I mean sure the first time when we did tuna it seemed like you know because we were rehearsing in my living room that we just always had people here yes <laughs> this was last time it was awesome an to yeah. rehearse in you know the theater and to have like that distance in a sense, mm -hmm. I think did us a world of good. 
and the space for the scooter. You know, that was also <laughs> very important. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I don't imagine Lexi would have taken a scooter in her. Uh... <laughs> well, there were two scooters in the house for a very long time. Yeah. Well, me driving a scooter because technically I we had a little dangerous. Technically, we had two scooters too many, in all honesty. Mm. But I do have some ideas for that one scooter. Okay. So I can really find them out. Um, so I guess apologies for skipping a week, but we needed to. Yeah. So, and this is actually probably going to be our last one for the year. Oh yeah. Because next week we won't have time to record because we're going to see Hades town. I know. I'm so excited about it. I've been waiting for this show since 2010. (laughs) Isn't that insane? (laughs) Yeah. I've literally waited for this show for 12 years yeah that is crazy that just occurred to me because i i started i have i have on vinyl um the original folk opera that anais mitchell wrote and i like how old are you i know i'm a 75 year old 34 year old um (laughs) i just like loved this show so much i listened to it constantly in the car i mean i had like so many burned cds of this I actually think the first copy of it that I had was a CD that somebody mailed to me through the post office <laughs> that they burned off their computer. It's ridiculous. But, um, I mean, just the thought that I've been waiting for that long, because listening to her original version of it with all these great folk singers, and it has changed a lot. And it was really hard for me to be like, let that version of it go and accept the new version that they did with the music yeah i don't but like this band they got popular it it That's kind of felt that it, yeah. way but it, i was like you know what it's still great and i can actually see the beauty and the fact that they were able to make these changes and still keep the spirit of it which mm-hmm. i'm excited about and i'm really excited about the staging because i know they've done some really phenomenal things with lights and it's also my aesthetic because they don't go anywhere they're all always in one spot yeah <laughs> they're like how many ways can we change this one location um, I'm just, I'm super excited about it. I'm also really excited that we get to go with all of our friends. Yes. And we you basically know. hijacked yours in Lexi's little vacation <laughs> away. I mean, no, you didn't. You didn't. It's, I'm really, I'm really stoked about it. But yes, I didn't think about that. So mm-hmm. enjoy this, you guys. All right. <laughs> this is for you. <laughs> this clearly wasn't about after, us. After we were grateful for everybody. Yeah, yeah this is for you. <laughs> This is for Timberly. You're welcome. <laughs> yes, for Timberly. Only. Our top fan. Yes. Oh. Well, Tim Tam. Mm. She love me for saying that. Yep. Um, okay, so are we leaving? Is that what we're doing right I now? I hear a lot of pots and pans being banged outside. We should probably go. Yeah. Okay. That was Cody. And this is Chris. <laughs> Tophanopolis. <laughs> Our milk. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway. It's um, recorded forever now. It's in the this could be our milk. <laughs> um no one could see what you just did.